0: It's not always the big things that change the world. It's the small acts of kindness that happen repeatedly over a lifetime that make the world a better place. So every week we share a story of someone like you who is doing good in the world in their own way. Welcome to Doing Good
1: with Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert, and today on the podcast... I have guest Mark Mabry, and I'm so excited that Mark accepted just this blind Instagram request. <laughs> I like messaged him and I'm all, hey, do you want to come on this podcast with me? And Mark was so nice. And as we've been talking, I always do like a little pre-interview with my guests before the show to get to know them. We found out we have a lot of connections, Mark and I. We know a lot of the same people.
0: Yes, we, we run around
1: in the same crowds. So Mark's in Nashville right now, my old stomping grounds from years ago. And Mark created Reflections of Christ. So you can look at that website, the beautiful artwork of Jesus Christ. And basically, Mark, how would you describe what that is? The Specifically, um, your style of depicting the Savior?
0: Um, first of all, it's photography. And photography, so it's, it's yes. It's a little bit different. And so, which, I mean, you didn't say, you did not say, but a lot of people, like, you know, they get a. To they clarify, it. yes. Yeah. It's so it's photography. So we were the first ones ever to really do. A photographic depiction of Jesus about 12 years ago. I really didn't set out to like make it a thing that would define me. If anything, I thought it was just going to be this project that I did and then went along with my photography career.
1: Interesting,
0: But it ended up being, like the creation of it ended up being so like spiritually transformative for me. And then it went viral. Whatever 2008 viral is blogs and emails.
1: <laughs> blogs right. and emails, that's right, yep.
0: And it went viral and it became a book and it became a thing and it became where I was either going to pay attention to it or it would go away. And And I loved it. I loved using... My, my skills for that, you know, to, to depict the savior. And so we have actors, we have locations, we have to set it all up. Like when we did a crucifixion, we had to like set it up. I couldn't paint it, you know,
1: Oh, so it was kind of cool. So how do you go about auditioning or casting someone for Jesus <laughs> for okay. your pictures?
0: The first Jesus, I, I've had two different Jesuses.
1: Called, that's the walking on water. That's called sure. walking
0: on water. And that was in the first set that I ever did. And his name was Robert. Incredible guy. And he he was kind of handed to me because we did it with the Mesa Easter pageant. Oh, okay. For like a PR project that oh. ended up just blowing up, right? Yeah. And so I did that with Robert. And then we we went and did some more in Honduras. And so we've got like 50, 60 images together. And then a couple of years ago, like in 2018, I decided I wanted to do something um, again. I love Robert, and he was like now 10 years older, right? Yes. And so And so I was like, okay, I want a new depiction of Jesus. And one of one of the really valid criticisms that I' had gotten is the white Jesus thing, you know And first, I'm going to be the first to say, like anyone that claims historical accuracy, with their art is nuts.
1: Right. You get right? so like, impossible. <laughs> I'm,
0: like I said, I, I told you earlier, I'm, I'm at Vanderbilt right now working on a theology master's. And I, I look at the things that historians can't agree on. Yes. And I'm like, you're never going to get what somebody looks like. You might get that Jesus didn't look like a blonde guy, but short of that, good luck, right? He was probably five foot two. And by the time he was a ministering age, he didn't have many teeth and he was probably like nubby and gnarly. And and if I was to do that, no one would recognize Jesus when they're scrolling up their feet, right? Because, because artists, ever since the Renaissance, have made us think of him differently. But I did want a different depiction of Jesus. And so I found a really cool guy. let see. This is my next one.
1: Oh, and he I had is awesome. Any awesome? So for those that are listening, describe this Jesus to them.
0: This Jesus is, first of all, he has brown skin. He's an amazing. Like his ethnic mix is so cool. It is. African, Native American, Samoan, and French. And so a perfect, like really cool mix where you're like, I can't really pin my finger on exactly who you are. Yes. Um, And that I'm happy with that because I think... You know, we picture Jesus, how we want to see him. And, you know, if I'm a white guy, it's easy for me to picture a white guy. Yes. If I'm a black guy, it's easier for me to picture a black guy. If I'm right. Korean, which I had in, in one of my classes, just barely, we were kind of joking around. And during during a, a gospels conversation, we just, I forget what we were discussing. And someone goes, well, I thought Jesus was white. And they were just joking, right? And the next guy goes, no, he's this, no, he's this. And then my Korean friend goes, I thought he was Korean. <laughs> and so... You know, and there's some, there's some real truth down in there, right?
1: Right. We see ourselves. Yeah.
0: We want to see ourselves in Jesus. And so when I went and did this second, first of all, the first Jesus was so good and so spot on in every sense of the word. Yes. Like such a good man and, and the look just worked and how he carried himself. Yes. I was like, Oh gosh, I'm having to go and replace James Bond. How hard that is. Right. Yes. When you're all of a sudden replacing someone who had nailed it. And that's probably why it took me 10 years. When I, when I found this guy, I was scrolling through Instagram. He and I had met each other before my daughter had a gig with him. And I was like, I called him up. I'm like, dude, you're going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> But
1: <laughs> but do you want to be Jesus? But can you do
0: this? Yeah. And long story short, he he did it. And man, when he when he came out in costume, and we really try to keep it respectful and like, yes, really get into the scene, right? Like, yes. Like you would if you were going to shoot shoot it on film,
1: right? Man, his
0: energy and his take and his perspective were so different. Yeah. That it, I was like, whoa.
1: Yeah. I've been
0: looking at Jesus in 2d and now he's in 3d and if i was to get another jesus it'd probably be 4D. like every new depiction assuming that the person that i choose is a good honest person yes every new depiction is going to teach me something new and and he did and so those are my two different Jesuses. and it really is your look kind of gets you in the conversation but like we were talking about american idol before that you've got to be good but yes. after that, there's all these other factors. Yes. That like the, that work, and then just this factor of does it feel right when I sit there and stare at you? Yes. It,
1: yes. And- well, and your relatability—like, can people look at you and connect with you? So there's this one picture. On your reflections of Christ Instagram, so you guys can go to reflections of Christ. And I'm assuming this is new Jesus. This was on May 21st. Is this? Yeah, that's new Jesus. Okay, and tell me his name.
0: I don't really say the names. Much. Oh,
1: you don't say was, the name. Okay, I do my
0: I do on my old Jesus because you old. wouldn't recognize him if you went have- up. If he bit you on the nose right yes, now, yes, New Jesus absolutely. looks like New Jesus. So he, he's a really cool guy.
1: Well, his, the facial expression, do you know is, what's this picture called?
0: You know what's funny? That was an outtake.
1: It was? I,
0: oh, yeah. I haven't published that. <gasps> Isn't that okay. funny?
1: Well, you need it. Everyone needs to go on Mark's Instagram <laughs> on May 21st.
0: That one doesn't have a name yet. Yeah.
1: It it's and it's right after the, the picture of him um pouring wine into the pot. Yes. But but the picture of him, he's just kind of looking off into the distance. It, it looks like he's a little teary, like his eyes are watery and he has the softest smile. It's the most beautiful, like reflective, knowing, like I don't even know that the, the most beautiful loving expression on his face. And that's the first thing I noticed. Like thank you. You you want to know like what is he thinking about? But you it, he almost he like radiates like love like you can feel it from just that just that simple just the simple look and to capture that oh i bet that is just so fulfilling for you as a creator it is.
0: it is like i love every single person in these pictures has a story and if you scroll through there you'll see other people i did an open casting call on my instagram and i got like 1600 and this isn't just for jesus this was this was me saying hey i've got all of these things i want to do yes yeah, like I want to do Woman at the Well. I want to do Da Da, 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 da Mary at the yep. Tomb, Jarius's daughter. All all this stuff. I got 1600 entries. I answered them all. It was crazy. They were over the matter of like I left it up for 24 hours and got that.
1: Oh my! And goodness. I was like,
0: I'm taking it down. Like, no, yeah, I let enough. it expire. Yeah, <laughs> they still roll in from people that are going through like old bubbles and stuff, but. I answered all of them because people would tell me the sweetest stories of how they connected with a certain image. And again, and so they all demanded a response. My wife could tell you, I was like four or five days just answering emails all day or DMs all day. And and a lot of the time, the tears. And so everybody that ended up in those pictures ended up like they were supposed to be there, right?
1: Yes, yes. Mm. How kind of you to do that because when people have a connection to a picture of Christ. It is so personal for them and to send you something and to have you respond personally back and be like, I acknowledge that and thank you and to take the time like that, (laughs) that would take you days. So that's, pretty amazing Thanks. that you would take the time to do that and and meant so much whether or not they made the shoot to to be acknowledged and have you thank them like thank you for for that and to have that connection with you i think is really awesome
0: it blessed my life when we were going to go shoot and i had all those stories it like softened my heart a lot because this is honestly just oh, a month sure. before shooting wow and so it like prepped me that's you know, amazing it, it was cool it was a good preparation thing
1: well, I would love to talk to you about depicting the Savior with the nail prints in his hand. What do you do? Do you go back and edit those in, or is it makeup? Yeah,
0: it's edit. I hired an artist, like a painter, to, to go do. to go and do them. With some of them, with some of the stuff early on, and I didn't do this later. I would have, I would just draw like a little X. Yeah. So, so people knew what they were looking for, and then we would, we would Photoshop that. But the, that to me, like Jesus's scars are so cool, right? Like what, what a commentary on perfection and the fact that he is perfect with scars.
1: I wanted to talk to you about that. I why do you, that. why do you think he chose to keep his scars?
0: Because they matter. And, and I think in dealing with trauma and things like it's a good message, you, you might not, you might not ever lose the scar but that might not be necessary if you can own it and, and and have it redeemed for something greater than the whole. And, and so I think about that a lot. I think about the idea of redemption and the idea of something like being better than you found it after it gets beat up. It's incredible after like tragedy plus Jesus equals, you know, better than you found it infinitely. And and I think that's a message that gets lost behind a lot of other messages that probably aren't as relevant when For we sure. talk about the gospel.
1: Yeah. Well, and changed. Mm-hmm. that he, he was changed completely and forever going through what he went through. And that was the yeah. only way to become the Savior is through that transformation. That was the only way. It, yes. And, and, and I think about recognizing. To recognize him too, when to it was a reminder of his love for us, and for us to be able to recognize him for who he was, to have those scars. And at Thanksgiving Point here in Utah, there's a. Have you ever been to Ashton Gardens here at Thanksgiving Point? I have not. You need Wait, to come is that out where here. the sculptures are? Yes.
0: Yes, I have. Okay, forever, forever ago, I remember the conceptuals of it. Someone oh. was showing me like before I got done. Yes. And I haven't been back there. Oh, like I, I've been to Utah. I come to Utah. plenty. I just haven't gone.
1: You need to go back and see the life-size depictions.
0: Oh my gosh. They're
1: and probably amazing. It. They are incredible. And every conference we take my kids, we have a pass there, but we take them. We go to the, the light of the world garden and my boys look at the savior and, and you can touch the sculptures. Oh, wow touch his hands and and they touch his feet. And they always, you know, ask me the same questions. What happened and why? And did that hurt? And all those things that little kids ask and they'll sit on his lap. And I'm always like looking around like, is this okay? But We're to do this yeah, right. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. And then sometimes be irreverent and like, you know, pick Joseph Smith's nose and things like that. Oh, yeah. So of just because they're boys. But I was thinking about about that the other day and they were talking about scars and you know I've had four boys and so I have lots of scars from from childbearing and and there's lots of things you can do to kind of minimize those scars and get rid of them and stretch marks and all sorts of stuff just being a woman and being and and having my body completely changed from the inside out and I was thinking about this the other day and I was like oh I want to I want to cut this off and I want to do all this stuff. And, and I'm not going against anyone that's done that or or has chosen to do that for their body. It's such a personal thing. But but I had this thought come into my mind about my body and I was kind of ashamed of it and how it looked now after bearing children. And the thought came into my mind, I chose to keep my scars. Why are you so ashamed of yours? Oh, wow. And that completely... I get emotional thinking about it. It it completely changed my perspective on motherhood and my transformation Mm -hmm. and my gratitude for the savior and how I love what you said so much that you can keep your scars and, and, and it's a better thing. It's not about perfection in the way we think of it. It's, it's perfecting ourselves in Christ and how the scars are are what change us and what make us who we are. And, and ever since then I was like, okay, maybe I don't, I don't want to change my body. I I want to keep it changed the way that it is because it's a reminder of what, of my love and what I went through, you know, to, to, and again, if, if, you know, anyone's like, well, I did that and great. That's awesome. This is just my, my personal experience. And that's why whenever I see, I love your, the, your depiction of the savior, you have some close-ups of his hands and his scar specifically. And that I, I connect with that so much more now. And actually the name, which I think is so beautiful of that picture is called perfect. And it's and it's of his scar.
0: Yes. I like that name too. Like, <laughs> I, some, sometimes like naming pictures is so haphazard and you're just like you're about to publish it. And people are like, it needs a name. It needs uh, a name. Yeah. I don't know what to name it. But that yeah. one was one of, I'm like, I like that name. I one of my names I cringe at. I love that name.
1: I love that name too, and it it just it it's a reminder of it. There's a scar, and it's perfect, and and it's because of what he did. It was his perfect love. It was his perfect love that that made that. So it's so beautiful. So tell me, Mark, about one of, if you can even pick, what was one of your favorite pictures that you took of the Savior, or maybe an experience behind a picture that you took that has changed your life?
0: One that I like. And they're all different. Like, honestly, it, they hit me at different times in my life, right? Yeah. Where I'm just like, okay, that means something different to me than when I did it. If you go to... see, since you have Instagram sitting right there. Yes. You got to go back before the pouring of the wine one. Okay. Three or four down under that. We cast it for that picture.
1: And tell people that are listening what, what that picture is. It's
0: a woman... It's the woman that touched the hem of Christ's robe and was healed. Yes. Right. And so when I was casting for that picture, I got a number of, and this is really difficult, right? And it put me, the person completely at odds with me, the artist. Yes. And That's hard. <laughs> so I was getting lots of submissions from people that had terminal illnesses and I'm like, oh gosh. And there were a couple of them that Then I'm like, okay. And I, and I called and I'm like, listen, like this is what you're depicting. And I hate doing this to you. Yes. But I think you'll add, like, it's always been my parentheses here. It's always been ever since I started to, ever since I did my first one, I said, if I can feel the spirit and if everyone can feel the spirit, when we make it, it's available afterward. But if it wasn't made in the spirit, yeah, in my opinion has less of a chance now that opinion is also a crappy opinion because there's all sorts of things that were, that were made wrong and turned for good. But in this case, in the case of making art, yes, I like, it works for me, right? It makes for me strive sure. something higher. And so, and so one of them comes, we shot it out in Texas and she shows up and she's telling us about it. And we go to shoot this image where I just needed her kind of to lunge, like fall toward the savior. Right. Yes. And it's hard because, She had to like keep falling on her face. Yes. And I'm like, I feel horrible, right? Yeah. In order to like get a full, like you have to full send in order to make it look good. You can't Yes,
1: You can't fake that.
0: Yeah. You can't fake it. And so one of the times she lunged and it was actually like funny and filled with the spirit at the same time. Yeah. We're kind of laughing. I'm like, I cannot believe we're doing this. Her knees were like all banged up.
1: Oh yeah. I'm sure.
0: One of the times she grabbed onto his robe and she ripped it. Right, just like rip. And we sat there afterward. You know, we got the shot all done, and we sat there afterward thinking, "Wow, the metaphors available to like ripping the rope were were so rich." I can't. I've kind of. A, I, was, I was thinking about this one morning. I, I kind of. I like to get up early and write. I was thinking about it, and I was thinking about her, the girl, and how she was had made peace with not having a miracle. Now, we had lots of talks about this because we kind of had to, like for my sanity,
1: we had to. Because she's depicting someone that was healed.
0: That was healed by touching Christ's robe. The very thing she was doing in in play is someone was healed doing that. Actually, there's other places in the Bible where Jesus was walking down the street and it said tons of people, thousands of people were reaching and grabbing his robe and everyone that did was healed, right? So not just this woman, she got like the cool vignette treatment. And I was thinking, gosh, I'm sitting there one morning and I was like, what if this story, and I actually wrote it and you can read it on Instagram, but I'll rehash it right here. What What if this story had turned out differently? What if Jesus is walking through town in a hurry? Someone brushes the hem of his garment. He knows that it's somebody special, somebody that's praying for a miracle. And he turns around. And he says, "Who touched me?" The whole story, right? And she says, "I did." But instead of saying, "Your faith has made you whole," he bends down. And he looks at her and he says, "Sweetie, I know you have faith, but today is a different kind of whole. It's time to go. Are you ready? Can can you take that?" And the woman would say, "Yeah, I can." Like, "Thy will be done," right? And let's say that she died right there, right in the arms of Jesus. Would I hate that story? No, I I, I wouldn't hate that story because. To me, it's not so much about, at that point, about the healing and about the miracle. Because so many of us go go through our lives without that drastic of a healing miracle, right? Like, that's why we talk about them when they do happen, is because they're rare.
1: They're rare. They are.
0: But the real miracle is realizing that Jesus sees you and Jesus knows you on a level that, on a level that would let you fully submit your life to him. Yep. And, And to me, that... Once I was at peace with that, I could finally, you know, send that picture out into the world. But it's still beacon. Like, I still hold out hope for miracles. Yes. But in the meantime, let's know that miracle or not, like to be seen by Jesus is step one. And then after that, I think maybe we're more apt to accept whatever's going to happen.
1: Yeah. And more willing to trust him. We feel like he knows and he, and he sees us. I love that take on that and that story and I've never thought of it that way like what if it what if it was I'm going to heal you by pre- bringing you home instead of healing you by restoring your body to be whole now and not suffer anymore in this life. Mm. And there are so many times I'm sure you have friends and family members that have passed away from cancer. I have too that, and, and we say, Oh, they're finally, they're not suffering anymore. And you say that to make yourself feel better and you say it because it's true. And and you say it because you hope for that. But if you think about that is a way, that was also a way for Christ to heal them, maybe takes the sting out a little bit more of Of, and and to imagine Christ seeing them and seeing their suffering and saying, That's enough. Like yeah. like thou good and faithful servant. You you've suffered enough. Now let me let me bring you home and heal you. And yeah. it's it's a really powerful picture of the robe. And you can't see for those that are listening, you can't see Jesus. And you can go to Reflections of Christ or on the website, reflectionsofchrist.com, but you can only see the robe. You can't see Jesus Christ. It's just the very end of the robe. Yeah, the one and like it. Uh, Yes. And, and her facial expression is of like desperation and hope and like her last ditch effort. Like I imagine her like crawling from her home, like just, he's right there. And then just lunging for him. And I love that image of lunging for the savior too. It wasn't like, as he passes by, like gently grazing, she gave like everything to, latch on to him. It's a really cool image. I love that story. Thank you, Thank you for sharing you. that. So Mark, besides being an a, an incredible artist and having all these beautiful photographs and depictions of Jesus Christ, you also have a podcast which is called yes. Gifted and Lifted. Will you tell us a little about that? I
0: needed a place like a a creative dump. Yeah. <laughs> if I have a thought that doesn't really fit into any of my like media that I that I'm used to doing, or somebody interesting I want to talk to. I use it for that. It's not regular. Sometimes I'll do like seven in a month. Sometimes I'll do one in two months. Yeah. But but really, it's it's just a place to to try to recognize the spirit in people's lives. And so I've had successful business people on there. I've had authors on there. I've had just where I'll monologue and run through something that was too long to write and put on Instagram. But it's fun, and I also have one. In the child trafficking realm that we haven't published in quite a while, but with Tim Ballard from Operation Underground Railroad, he and I, I've gotten on a lot of his missions with him as a journalist from the early, early days, and so fun. It's so life-altering and fulfilling, and it's a good work he's doing. So I kind of we made a podcast that's got like 24 episodes, kind of just to let him tell his story in yeah. depth without sound bites without edits, you know.
1: And that one's and, called Slave Stealer.
0: Uh-huh, Slave Stealer. And
1: that's with Tim Ballard from from O-U-R. Yep. How how did you meet Tim and get involved in that?
0: I was the creative director for Glenn Beck out in Dallas. Awesome. And Tim came out one day, went to, um, it was his first book he had ever written. And you've seen maybe like the Washington Hypothesis or the Lincoln Hypothesis, those Both of those had precursors that were like 900 page books. Oh my gosh. And so he was selling these books, but they're honestly this fat. (laughs)
1: No, no, no. And so Glenn (laughs) had them on,
0: Glenn had them on because they're really well researched.
1: Yeah, Um, I'm sure.
0: But it took a good editor to like (laughs) get it down to like story. And so. Tim was out there talking to Glenn about one of those books. And I was, I think, company of 300 people. I think there were five members of the church. And so I was the official Mormon greeter. And so I would go down, I talked to Tim, and we met, and we hit it off. And then one day he, on his very first mission, like right before he was going to establish OUR, he had to go and like prove that it was a viable model to go save kids privately and wanted to take a journalist. And he took me. And so he and I have gone. I've gone on a lot of them with him, and I, I just love it.
1: What does your wife think when you are doing that? Because she hates it. She oh, hates sure. it the
0: first time. She hated the first time.
1: And is she okay? Is, has she been more comfortable? Oh, she's with down with now. Yeah. Okay. She likes it now. Well, it's it, it it is incredible, but it's not an exaggeration to say that you guys put your life on the line to save these kids, right? Like it, there are some dangerous situations that. Mm-hmm people have guns and, and there are gangs and there are scary people that are hiding these kids that you guys have to go in and pretend to be like, I mean, I just, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine being in that situation with the, like the, like the worst of the worst of humanity. I mean, that are kidnapping or stealing or, or selling kids for sex slavery. I just, I can't imagine those type of people and you have to go and, and be with them. And the past is one of them.
0: That's the funny part, but First of all, his operators, like the people that come and work for Tim, yeah. that are full-time law enforcement or former military, that end up going undercover. And he's got former FBI, amazing guys now and girls. They are world-class. Their spirit has to be different and it has to be strong because they're in, re- they're in the gutters of the universe.
1: Oh, and, yes.
0: But the funny... The funny part was this was before there was a whole lot of protocol. It was the very first time I was, I was meet Tim at the airport. We're headed down to Port-au-Prince and he goes, dude, I'm going to put you like right in the middle of it. I thought I was just going to be a journalist, but yeah, what do I need, need to know? He's like, you're just going to be a dude. Here's your girlfriend, your fake girlfriend. You guys are going to go buy a couple of kids oh and I'm right next to you. But the reason they do it is because I'm just the dummy and he can observe the whole situation, right? With, with the couple of, with the Haitian, officials that were with us also undercover. And I'm like, so how do we look like, do I you like a face tattoo? What kind of guy buys right. kids? And he looks at me and he goes, you'll do.
1: Oh my gosh. And I was like- You've got that look.
0: <laughs> I, I was like, that is one of the worst,
1: that is best not a compliments compliment.
0: <laughs> I've ever heard. But he went on to like oh. expand on the point and said, American males are the problem. They're the ones buying child pornography. They're the ones- Going foreign to like take advantage of kids. They're the ones, they're the reason kids are being brought across the border. And so any American male will do, even if you're clean cut, even if you're even if you look like a dude that just got off a mission.
1: Oh, that makes me so sick. Um,
0: you pass. So there's no like, yeah, you don't have to play dirty. Not you're necessarily a stereotype
1: of what, mm. what you look like.
0: Oh, crazy, huh?
1: That is crazy. And and so after that first mission, were you like, okay. I want to do this again.
0: No, oh, absolutely. And I did a bunch. And so the first one was, I was shocked, right? We were down in Haiti for like four or five days and I was really stone-faced through the whole thing. I was like, I'm keeping it together. I should have been a cop. I should have whatever, you know? And I got on the plane and for the first time had a chance to like review everything yeah. that like, really just happened.
1: Yeah. Process um, it all.
0: And I cried like a baby on the plane.
1: Oh man. And,
0: and it's. It's God's work that they're doing. The crazy thing is that God's work doesn't look like church always. In fact, it rarely looks like church to go to, to be like, to do what he has to do. Starting out as a child pornography expert. Yeah. Like, come on. And and a lot of people are like, well, how could you subject yourself to that? Are you going to be ruined by it? He's like, if not me, then who, If, if God can't send somebody who's spent their whole life trying to, Live and serve, who's he gonna send? And so I, I loved his take on that. And so, yeah, those guys, is everybody perfect? No. It, are we just a bunch of guys on those operations? Absolutely, yeah, and it, it it's hilarious. It feels like a locker room sometimes, but it's it's God's work and God's there, and no one forgets that, you know, and
1: well, i'm i I like that point that you brought up of heavenly Father uses us and our different situations and talents and abilities in so many different ways it, whether it's taking pictures of of Jesus Christ and depicting him for to bless people's lives or going on missions to rescue children that are that are being sold into sex slavery or or taking dinner to neighbors across the street that are really struggling and and that need to know that they're not alone that someone recognizes them and loves them that's why I love doing this podcast so much is that everyone can do good in their own capacity and in their own way and and you don't have to be, you know, have a specialty or be super talented and any one thing for Christ to be able to use you. And I love all the examples in the scriptures of Joseph Smith being like, "I'm unlearned and and you know, and and Enoch having a stutter. And I mean, there's so many examples of people being like, Why did you choose me? I'm like the least, you know, I, I I'm the person that people would, would have thought of the least to be able to be a leader or or um, you know, to lead armies and 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 bring people to Christ and and Moses, I mean, you think about all the people, and that's why I love that it, that it's it's Heavenly Father's way of being like, Well, just watch what watch what you can do with me. Yeah. And just, just watch what you can do with me. And I love that. And I completely agree with you when you talked about having the spirit with you, not only on the missions to rescue these amazing children, but when you're taking pictures of Christ, how you said it helps with, if if we have the spirit with us, it just goes better when I have the spirit with me. And that's a fact. That's Parley P. Pratt. There's a beautiful quote by him, and it and I'm sure you've heard of it. It talks about the spirit enhances every part. I love of it. that quote. Isn't that amazing? Every yes. part of your physical being, of your talents. And and it is, it's like, watch what you can do with Christ. You can do amazing things and 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 not even it doesn't even necessarily have to be big things, but you can make an impact with Christ and he can make more of your life than you ever can by yourself. Well, Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast today. It is so fun to talk with you and hear about your stories. And for those of you that Are interested, the pictures and and the photographs that Mark takes, it's reflectionsofchrist.com and then his Instagram is reflectionsofchrist. Check out his podcast, both he has Slave Stealer, that's with Child Trafficking with Tim Ballard, and then Gifted and Lifted. And are those on just Spotify, Apple, wherever you can find podcasts. Awesome. Good luck with getting your Masters from Vanderbilt right now. Thank you.
0: It's so fun.
1: (laughs) On top of everything else that you're doing in theology that's pretty awesome. I think it's cool that you're still just growing your talents. And I and go back to
0: school every 10 years. I just discovered. 20, every 10 30, years 40, you go back yeah. to school.
1: Because why not? Because <laughs>
0: when I just learn a new trick, make sure my brain still works. It's working I, less than it did when I was 30. So oh, is it harder
1: to retain things and to learn things?
0: Yes and no. I'm better at I'm better at not letting stuff stress me out. And so if stress makes us forget, then yeah. Like I'm better just saying, you know what, this isn't really going to affect my trajectory.
1: Right. You know,
0: and, and so that lack of pressure actually increases performance.
1: For sure. Oh, I bet not thinking, oh, I have to do this or I have to get a good grade to get into this next thing. It's just, yeah. oh, this is just for fun. Just mm-hmm, for totally. learning and expanding. So I, could,
0: I want to write about Jesus better. Right. As long, as long as I'm doing that every day, then I'm on the right track.
1: You know? That is awesome. Well, and, and you, like you said, you talk about it on your Gifted and Lifted, but you also have blog posts on Reflections of Christ and in the Instagram that you can kind of read yeah. about. Um, Instagram's the
0: more updated one. Instagram's the more updated I don't updated use one. the blog much. Okay. But yeah. The Instagram is, I write on Instagram a lot. I use it as a writing medium. And so, I love it. Um, yeah. That's pretty much most of this, most of the places you can find.
1: So I go know. there for more, for Thoughts yeah. and Musings by Mark. Awesome. Yes. Well, Mark, thank you so much for coming on, talking with me, and for all the good you are doing.
0: Thanks. It's been an honor. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Doing Good with Carmen Herbert, available exclusively inside Our Turtle House. At Our Turtle House, there's something for the whole family, from full-length talks that you can't get anywhere else from some of your favorite speakers, to fun family home evening lesson plans that follow the Come, Follow Me curriculum. There's even short daily devotionals made specifically for your teens. Plus, you can get two months free when you sign up for an annual plan. Just go to OurTurtleHouse.com to get started. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here for another episode of Doing Good next week.